The story of Padron, Padron Cigars, uh, the Little Hammer, it's a great story about how a man built an empire and did so by just slowly but surely working at it and working at it. Now, for those of you who smoke Padron, you've got the numbered series and then you've got the 1926, you've got the 1964. You've smoked them and maybe you've said, ah, that's a, a cost that I don't like to pay for a cigar. That's what I do. That's what I don't do. But not many people have had the chance to smoke the 50-year. So when I got the chance to pick up a couple, I took the chance. Cost be damned. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. And this is the Padron 50-year Maduro. This cigar, which comes as a natural as well, is a six and a half by 50 Fingers Malloy, which means it's six and a half inches long. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 50. That's the diameter of the cigar, or basically how thick it is around. Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. This is a box press. Nicaraguan throughout the wrapper, the binder, and the filler. They refer to this as a double Robusto. This is not necessarily, this is not yet at, at Churchill length. You'd be at a seven for that, and the ring gauge would be a little bit smaller. But this cigar is glorious. It came as a box of 50 in the Padron humidor that you'd get for like five fifty five hundred dollars You can get the box, the humidor with 100 off 50 of the Maduro, 50 of the natural, over $10,000. So wow. fingers, I bought seven. <laughs> I said my kids going to college is the dumbest thing I ever heard of. I can have a whole bunch of these. Honestly, wait till you start smoking this thing. Well, let me first say, you know, last week we did the P.O., uh, Resurrection box press, and I said, "What a great golf course cigar!" Because of the box press, uh, this isn't a golf course cigar. This is for after the golf course. Yeah, when you have time, maybe even by yourself on the back deck, contemplating the future. It is a gorgeous mottled black wrapper that has oil and just that grit. I adore when the when the wrapper leaf. Has just that little bit of grit, almost a, a bit of a sandpaper kind of feel. It just, to me, I know, I know that there's going to be flavor, outrageously good flavor from this. And this feels like like heaven in the hand. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, this doesn't have that wiffle ball bat sensation where it feels a little bit too light in the hand. Feels perfect in the hand. We just lit it. We're just in the first third. And Tony, for me, it's pepper. I, really? Yeah, and the, the, that pepper and spice... Uh, it, it really lingers on the palate, and in a good way. Uh, you're, I, I take it by your reaction, you're not getting any of that at all. Woody, cocoa, a slight undertow of spice, but in just glorious, perfect proportions. The first two puffs of this cigar, you were like, oh, that's what smoking a cigar is all about. Now, this is not my first 50th. Uh, the first time I had it, it actually took... it. To, to the extent that it could take your breath away, it did. I'm like, this is absolutely a style of cigar, a feel of cigar, and a flavor that works for my palate beautifully. And so far, absolutely perfect. I have rarely, if ever, come across a Padron that didn't have proper construction, proper combustion, and just the smoke coming off this. Yeah. Heavenly. And a nice, easy, pleasant draw. I mean, no struggle at all. You, you mentioned the construction. It's it's well constructed, what you would expect from Padron. Uh, you know, we, we just lit this, but 
the burn is it's an even burn i mean everything about this so far uh it's 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 very good so i've been trying to determine what makes this different than some of the other things that they offer some things that 1926 and that 80th year stuff i just find this to be a a touch more mellow than some of those those cigars and just just it, it lingers so beautifully on the tongue, on the palate. That's where the pepper is. It's when it's in the mouth, like when the smoke is there, that's the cedar, that wood, and, the, and, and, and that cocoa mixing with the tobacco. It's such a good damn mix. It, to me, it, it is simply amazing. It, for the most part, it's just pepper and spice that lingers on the palate. But again, it may have something to do with what you know we both had to eat today. I've had nothing to eat today. I've, so there's literally nothing but sips of water I, I've had. I just started drinking a coffee, so maybe that's having an, an impact on. on yeah, what but I'm a good doing. impact. I don't think I, I don't I, think it's messing with your palate at all. I'm trying to think. I, I, I had a bowl of cereal today. I had I had some chicken tenders. Mm. I had some chicken tenders today. Harvey's? Not, not, no, not from Har- no, not from Harvey's. <laughs> I, I, I had them at home, and that, and that is it. Uh, so no, I don't think we're affected, but that does matter, right? Get out your notebook. What did you eat today? What did you drink today? What is the weather like? We've had some gorgeous weather in Indianapolis. Then we've had some chilly, rainy crap weather in Indianapolis. It's just the way it's gone. So a little chillier uh, today. What are you drinking? Of course, all these things affect metabolism and therefore are going to affect how you taste. I think fingers were coming into this with ready-to-go palates. Yeah. And what I, I know about uh, this cigar, the 50th, is that the difference between the Maduro and the natural, it's the only time anybody has ever shared with me that the natural is a better smoke. Mm. I, am a, I go Maduro by nature. It's where I find myself. It's where I breathe. I have had multiplicities of people tell me that the 50-year from Padron, the natural, is the way it, it, it is, a, is even a better smoke. And I look forward to doing that another time. Now, for me, I'm just starting to get a little bit of cocoa. I don't know what it is about the pepper that hit me right away, but it, what's great about it is it this really lingers on the palate. Is that crazy? Yeah. Like there's an actual tingle. Yeah. From the pepper, on the tongue, and it's it is great. But yeah, it does. It's it's lingering, and I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna see how long that thing stays lit. Yeah. I do right feel there. like I, again I'm smoking way too fast. Now fingers. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a $50 cigar, and in some places could be a $100 cigar, and I'm here to tell you, I don't care. <laughs> At $50 a cigar, I picked up four of them. Okay. And I'm telling you, I'm mad at myself for not picking up more, because mm. I know that I'm going to enjoy it. I know that I'm going to use it. I know that, that it, it's something that I'll, I'll happily, joyfully smoke for two hours. Yeah. Uh, but $50 is a fair amount. I'm not even going to ask, is it in your humidor at that price? Because I'll put it in your humidor <laughs> at that price. There are some things that it's just like, you know what? You don't care. Yes. Now, you're not going to have 50 of them. You're going to have three or four, and they're going to sit in there. And at the right moment, you're going to enjoy it. And for the right thing, graduation's coming up. College graduation. If you have a kid who... Smoke cigars. You wanted this to be the college graduation cigar. You, you're the dad. You want you. You're finally done paying for this crap. <laughs> this is the college graduation 
a cigar, the Padron 50-year. Yeah, for me, listen, that's a lot of money for a stick. And for a lot of people, that's a lot of money for a stick. Agreed. But, uh, but for celebration, uh, for a special occasion cigar, I think this is one that you should gravitate to. Perfect, uh, whether it's graduation or once a year, you take that vacation, you... Yeah, yeah, you want to have a nice cigar on this vacation? I mean, really, you got to be able to sit and enjoy it. You got to be able to sit and enjoy it. No yard work with this. No doing other things. Just the Padron 50-year, the Maduro here, the hammer, as they call it. If you can find it, get it. And if you happen to have uh, a box with a humidor and you, you want to give it to some friends, hi. Fingers Malloy came to me with an urgent message. He said, Tony, you will not believe what's happening. I said, what, Fingers? He goes, you will not believe what's happening. I said, Fingers, what's so important? Is it your kids? Is it the missus? Is there something wrong with Mr. Malloy? What's going on? He goes, Krispy Kreme is discontinuing donuts. I said, you shut your mouth, Fingers Malloy. He goes, no, 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 not Krispy Kreme like the stores, just what they sell in other stores. Krispy Kreme Donut sells donuts, you know, that you can get in the supermarket. You can get a box. You can get the, the chocolate bites. You can get the cinnamon coffee cake mini crullers. Well, it turns out they're discontinuing both of those that they sell in the stores. Now, Fingers, um, how did you find this out? And uh, did you openly weep? Well, I did openly weep. First of all, these are exclusive to Walmart. They, oh, is that right? Yeah, they made this line uh, available to Walmart customers back in 2020. And the difference between these and other Krispy Kremes that they bake fresh daily and uh, you know serve at uh, restaurants, retailers, stuff like that, is they have to produce this at a different facility because this has to have a shelf life. Right. And unfortunately, they're going to close this plant. They're going to be over 100 employees that are going to lose their jobs. Uh, but I wanted to try these to see if Krispy Kreme is making a good decision. And if they, if they aren't, we need to uh, maybe encourage Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation to, to run out to their Walmart and hoard all of the Krispy Kremes. This is genius. So we have one of the crullers in front of us, which is, it's, uh, it's small. Yeah. It is a small little, little thing. And then we've got a package of the mini uh, chocolate bites, which are three to a package. Yes. Now, which seems like, uh, wait, is that three or four? One, two, three, four. Four to a package, fingers. Yep, you're right. Now, as you know, Buy Tony. Three, get one free. As you know, Tony, if you go to my Twitter bio, uh, at Fingers Malloy, I am a fitness influencer. Right. If you look at <laughs> the package on the chocolate donut bites, it says no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial flavors. It's health food. It's health food, Tony. Thank you for taking care of us, Fingers Malloy. Yeah. Which one are we starting with? Let's start right with here. the cinnamon babka. And wait, what are we doing? Because while you're there, looking for the discontinued Krispy Kremes, deciding what we need to hoard, you come across Guinness Chocolate Stout Cake. Amazing. And I don't know if this was... I, I know absolutely nothing about it. I don't know if this was some sort of leftover St. Patrick's Day treat that Guinness uh, released to... And this, again, at Walmart, uh, if that was just a St. Patrick's Day thing, or if this is an everyday product that Guinness has released, that was $3, Tony. You know what I like about this? 10 ounces, by the way, $3. It says right on it, ready to eat. You don't have to waste time. You don't have to question, wait a second. Can this be eaten? No, no, it's yeah. ready. Yeah. It's ready to eat. What are we starting with, Fingers? Uh, I think we, we need to here? start with the cinnamon uh, crawler babka? babka. Right. And it's ba not a babka. Wait, you think it's a babka. Is that what you're hoping it is? Uh, no, actually, I'm just saying babka because it's fun to say babka. Oh, that smells like, that smells like diabetes. <laughs> That's... 
Oh, I feel oh. bad. You need a coffee, Tony. I do need a coffee. You have coffee. I don't yes. have coffee. You know, I'm cinnamon, all right. Cinnamon coffee cake style Krispy Kreme cruller. Right. And they're sure. minis. They're yeah, mini yeah. crullers. Uh, 240 calories for two donuts. Oh. So uh, right there, 31 carbs. There is no fiber, 19 uh, total sugars, and uh, two grams of protein. And again, on the box, Tony, no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial flavors. That's right. Because they care about your health over right, at Krispy so Kreme. So you starting? You're going to put the whole thing in your mouth, aren't you? You're not even going to take a bite. You're going to put the whole thing. He did it. 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 The whole thing. Do you need the coffee right away? Yes, you do. Don't even try and speak. Wait, did you just swallow the whole thing? You took three bites. Three bites and swallowed right there. I'm a man, son. <laughs> How could they be discontinuing these? The cinnamon, it's perfect. And, you know, and I'm sure. I don't know what they do in the flash baking process over there. These are moist. These aren't dry. Right, this I'm is go- wonderful. I'm going in. Fa- Wait, in. he's taking a sip of his coffee. I got to give him mm. a moment. Oh, it's like a dream. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I feel like I'm the king of England. All he's right. going in. Yeah. He's doing the Louisville lip. It's not, it's not. It's not even a thing. He stuffed the whole thing in his it's, mouth, by no, the way. No, I did not. <laughs> I took one bite after I broke it in half. I'm not an animal. It's cinnamon creamy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super sweet. Oh, with coffee, that's a winner. Yes. It's actually not bad. And by the way, I, I don't know how many are in a box. Um, there are 12 in a box. Oh, 12 in a box? Two, two uh, to a serving, so six servings in a box. Okay. because it, Or, they, as you would call it, one serving. Yeah, fun size. Uh, so I was surprised those aren't individually wrapped. It's just a bag of donuts in a box. Exactly what it is. So now... I think we made the right move going from cinnamon to chocolate. I, w- I would agree. So would agree. Uh, there are four in each individually wrapped package. 1.6 ounces. These are donut holes. Yes, the donut holes. Uh, there's a, It's a donut, chocolate donut hole that it also has a glaze on it. Right. So you go first for and, this and one. And shiny, and it, it, look, it looks good. I'm in. Yes. Oh, he, he didn't put oh. the whole thing in his mouth. Oh, that's cakey. Yeah? Um. N- oh. <laughs> Smooth. We got all choked up. Smooth. <laughs> Not as good as the cinnamon. Okay. They can get rid of this. Yeah. But it's not that you couldn't eat 900 of these in any one sitting. Well, and they all they have different flavors of the bites, Tony. They have right? apple cinnamon, uh, original glazed and then with the crullers, they have uh, original glaze, the cinnamon that we're having, and blueberry. Oh, that would be good, too. Yeah. All right, you try yours. Do your little donut hole there. You really need chocolate two. bites. Are you? <laughs> hey, how's the Atkins going? Good. I'm down five pounds. This is my cheat day. <laughs> and you're in. Mm-hmm. You're all the way in. Look, these are good. I, 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 I. I I'm saddened that they are going to discontinue these, and I hate the fact that people are going to lose their jobs. Uh, Don't you think that's a little weird? What? The plant is going to shut down. Yeah. So am I to take it that the plant makes other things for other companies? Uh, is, is that it? I, I guess not. I, yeah. 
it plans to shut down uh, their manufacturing facility in May, eliminating 102 jobs as a result. That's according to Food Dive. So that's an argument that they don't see this as enough of a winner to find a new production facility? I, I guess not. Or, you know, okay, so I paid in central Indiana, I believe these boxes were $4.15. So to me, the mini crawlers, 12 Wait, no, of those. So there are 12 mini crawlers. And how many? There are five packages of four donut holes each. I think you're getting your money's worth with the crawlers. I'm not sure at over four dollars for these donut holes, you're you're getting your money's worth. So I could I could see where that wasn't a success. Uh, but for people, especially people that don't have Krispy Kreme uh, available near them, if they're you know brought to Walmart, I'm surprised that that these weren't more of a success. I'm more yeah. So so my first question was if it was working, why wouldn't they continue it working? But if it's not working as they want is this is this an economic thing in terms of what's going on with the world economy u.s economy or is this just a business decision that happens to coincide 102 people losing their job i'm never happy about that but i'm pretty happy with this crawler this will work if you are in the market for a used car you may have noticed that prices started to get a little bit better towards the end of last year well according to auto experts and that was only temporary Prices are going to continue to go up. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy, along with Tony Cass. Find everything we do at Eat, Drink, Smoke over at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Tony, (laughs) we have been talking about the auto industry really for three years and some of the the struggles that uh, auto manufacturers have had with supply chain issues, you know, especially with computer chips. And, you know, during the pandemic, you had auto manufacturers... You know, they had to shut down production because of COVID in the beginning, and then they, they struggled to uh, be able to keep up with demand. And, of course, if new vehicles aren't being produced, that has an obvious impact on, on used car uh, inventories and prices. So there is an automotive uh uh, influencer, uh, influencer. Well, not influencer. They're, they're I guess an- there's an influencer for everything. Yes, so that's right. There, there are analysts over at Cox Automotive. They said they don't expect the total number of used cars to return to pre-pandemic levels until 2026. It's a weird way to look at the whole system. You couldn't make enough new cars, so people saw what was happening in the new car market. Well, if there aren't enough new cars, that means that eventually there won't be enough used cars. And so now they're in the place where people bought used cars because they couldn't get a new car. There aren't any new cars to make as to in, to turn into used cars, if you will. So now there's even less used cars than, than we thought. I bought one mm-hmm. before this all went down, and I'm upset that I didn't buy two. I had no need for two. I would have no place. It would be in your garage, fingers. I would have no place for it whatsoever. There's a part of me that's saying, like, yeah, just pick something up, see what happens. Yeah, I, I listen, there have been constant struggles. Manufacturers right now, they don't want to go back to the way they did business before the pandemic, where they would go into overdrive to try to get uh, their inventories back up. You know, a, a lot of, say, domestic automotive manufacturers want to keep their inventories anywhere from 40 to 60 days. They want to have 40 to 60 days worth of cars on on the lots, and they don't want to go above that. And so you're seeing 
some manufacturers, as they get past that 60-day inventory, they're, they're shutting down plants because yeah. they, don't, they don't want to build out. Uh, and so you're seeing inventory concerns from new car manufacturers, but also they're still running into supply chain issues. Uh, we're not totally out of the woods when it comes to uh, computer chip uh, supplies. So, Which is better from what I'm told. It is better, but it's not what it was pre-pandemic. And then you're having something that really we haven't seen before. Normally when you lease a car, you can buy your car at the end of the lease. And most people would say you don't want to do that because it's an inflated price. What you owe uh, you know, at the end of the lease it's not worth what that price tag was. Well, a lot of those leases were signed in 2000. If you had a three-year lease or 2000, or, or excuse me, 2020, 2021. Well, now the used car inventory and is low, and the the prices for used cars have gone up to the point where all of a sudden you're looking at that lease and you're saying, "Wow, this is actually a good deal if I purchase this off of a lease." So there aren't as many formerly leased vehicles going into the used car market as well that you would normally see. So that's having an impact on used car inventory. All of this signals, though. I mean, you, I don't, you, you don't even have to play in, in the markets. You don't have to be a financial planner. You just look at this as a layman, like, like we are, and you're like, oh, crap, things are not good. No. And they're not getting good. And they're, this is going to be another year of what the hell. I am still totally confused by... I was in a mall in Louisville, Kentucky. Took a trip down to Nashville uh, la- last weekend. I'm in, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky on the way down. Stopped at a, a, a small cigar shop that's inside a mall, of, of, of all things. Super, super interesting. And in this mall, and it's a nice mall. It is the high-end mall of, of the area. People are walking around, and they all have bags. They're all buying... I know how bad things are. You know how bad things are. The data doesn't lie, except in the real world out there, the restaurants are still full. Yeah. You're still waiting. You're still, people are still buying. I can't make sense of it. I cannot square the circle. Well, I wonder if people are making the decision, I will spend money on entertainment and maybe travel, but the big ticket items I may hold off on. I may hold on to my used car a little bit longer. You know, there are things that are going to happen this year that may have a significant impact on new car inventory as well. There may be some labor disputes uh, with the domestic car industry between, you know, a Ford GM and a Solanus, what I think, you know, they call it now, or, uh, what was formerly Chrysler. Uh, Stellantis. Stellantis. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's changed names like three times in, in yeah. the last 15 years. But, uh, you know, there's there's concern that the, the, the United Auto Workers contract is up with all three of, of those manufacturers. And I, I know just off the top of my head, you know, locally here, General Motors, they went on a 40-day strike. That could have an impact on new car inventories as well. So... You know, in ter- it, it's not as easy as it was to make up that inventory when it was pre-pandemic, where you had everything lined up. You didn't have supply chain issues. This could create more of a problem for the used car market. Is the is the car market that's having this you know conversation about how much inventory they want? Is that specific to American car manufacturers, 
or the European or well, first maybe the Europeans have a different view of how much stock they really want. Are they having equal levels of problems or greater problems? I, I think that all auto manufacturers are concerned with how much inventory they have at dealerships. You see it more, or maybe we pay attention to it more with the domestics because you know where we are in, in the Midwest. Uh, you know, this is it's more of a big three area uh, than other parts of the country. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, this is just it's it's such a weird time because as interest rates go up. Unless you are buying directly, financing directly from the auto manufacturer and you have excellent credit where they may be offering 0% financing on a car. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are looking at... Wait, hold on. I'm interrupting you and I apologize. Are people desperate? Me, meaning, or no, I should say people, are the car manufacturers desperate to sell new cars right now? Oh, well, uh, they always want, you know, you're, you're looking at certain manufacturers, like I said... That are trying to keep their inventories down, and one of the ways you keep inventories down is to have some sort of incentives for people to go buy their cars, whether it's a three, four thousand dollar rebate on a truck, or if it's zero percent financing. Especially when you compare it to, I, you know, I don't have what a current sixty month loan the interest rate is, but obviously they've gone up in the past year. Yeah. Uh, to where, I, gosh, I bought a car in twenty twenty, and I think my interest rate, I, it's a, I bought it used was. 2.3%? Yeah, we bought in the same year. Or yeah. I bought in 2021. 1.9. Yeah. 1.9. Um, so does that make sense? Does it make sense to see what kind of deal you can make on a new car? And then figure there's such little out there, you can just hold on to it and it'll go up. We're all this. Are we having an actual conversation of cars as investments? <laughs> you mean we flipping, all, you buy, yeah. flipping, flipping cars? I... You you are seeing look if you buy a new car it depreciates several thousand dollars a second it leaves the lot but if you hold on to it for six months or a year you may be able to drive that car for a year year and a half in this market and then turn around and sell it for what you what you paid for it I mean that that could very well be the case I know on on my Chevy Volt I bought it. Uh, in 2020, now it's six years old. It's got 70,000 more miles on it. And I'm seeing it sold on, on used car markets for, for what I paid for it. Now, that Damn. might be true with everything. You know, this it's a, you know, it's a hybrid. hybrid, you know, kind of EV. You know, you plug it in and you can run it on battery for 45 miles. So maybe that's different than, say, a full-size pickup truck, but I'm not so sure. Dude. Weird times. Super weird times. Thank goodness for cigars and bourbon. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. So let me tell you how much we enjoy bourbon over here. We enjoy bourbon at Eat, Drink, Smoke so incredibly much that there is absolutely nothing we won't drink. Nothing? Nothing we won't drink when it comes to bourbon. If it has bourbon on the label, we will give it a try, and we do it for you, Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this from the people of Middle West. Look at that bottle right there. It is the Middle West from their double cask collection. 
uh, it's going on. This is a weirdly interesting, possibly sticky kind of bourbon. And when we say sticky, we mean that it is finished in sherry casks. Middle West doing what they call uh, the Oloroso wheat whiskey. So that is a sherry. This is done in traditional oak casks, actually out of Ohio, and then finished in the sherry. It's a bourbon, which means it's 51% Corn, always the way it is, right? Bourbon has to be 51% corn. Otherwise, it's not bourbon. All bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. These are the rules. And Fingers Malloy, this comes in at a cool, beautiful, very attractive 100 proof. 100 proof. Anything that's 100 proof or higher is going to get applause from Fingers Malloy. And looking at this right here, if you can get a view of that, um, that's a nice darker honey into a into a bit of copper in terms of the color right there. Yeah, and there's nice viscosity to it. You, it does stick to the glass, not as much as some of the other ones we've done lately. But no, no, it's 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 feeling all right. Oh, that smell is sweet. Oh, that smell is sweet right there, kid. You could definitely smell the influence of that sherry cask. Right on the nose, there's like a dark fruit, uh, getting a little bit of oak, but not as as much as we would get on on other bourbon that we've had in the past. But boy, that's really sweet on the nose. Yeah, it is. Which often can be beguiling, right? Because sometimes something is is uh, sweet on the nose. You think you're gonna get a certain flavor, and then it hits you with something else. The nose is not always this great indicator of of what the flavor is gonna be. And you guys know that you know we we do this, of course, and eat, drink, smoke stations, radio stations across the country. The podcast eatdrinksmokeshow.com, and we've got the book Let's Go Bourbon, which is available at Amazon.com. But we're just fans, man. We are not, we we don't claim. Any level of expertise, we claim an outrageous level of fandom. We just love this stuff. We love being able to try things. We love what people are, are uh, creating here. And that nose is is, is sweet. It, it it makes you feel like you're gonna be in a good spot. Fingers Malloy, you 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 ready for this? Oh, Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat. That's what we do, and then we decide whether we're going to bring it to a cube or just a little bit of cool water. Fingers Malloy is doing what we call the Kentucky Chew, moving it around the palate, getting a feel for everything. Where is all that flavor? Where is everything at? Fingers Malloy, you have done it. Uh, you have taken your sip. Where are you? It's very nice. It doesn't play at 100 proof at all. I mean, there's barely any kind of sting on the tongue. There's no burn going down into the, into the chest. That dark fruit is there. Uh, I am getting much more oak on the palate than I, I did on the nose. Maybe there's a hint of vanilla. Uh, maybe. But it it doesn't, to me, have the, the sweetness on the palate that it did on the nose uh, because there's, there's more of that oak. It's very good. All right, I'm in. I'm going in. Are you ready? Going in. To your health, everybody. This is happening in real time. This right here is the Middle West Oloroso. Wheat whiskey, and uh, let us let us do what we do. So Tony is going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. There's no such thing as the oh. Memphis Munch. Oh, that's not bad. That's got a little bit of heat, center chest, easy going down. No real, maybe a slight tingle on, on the tongue right there from this. There, there is a lingering touch of fruit. That's that's on the tongue. I actually was expecting something, you know, from that nose, 
a little bit bigger on the palate. It was much more simple, but that finish is coming off. That is nice. Yeah. That is a nice, nice feel. And the other thing, too, about that finish, it, it, it really does linger. I'm still having uh, – there's a tingle on the lips and uh, on the tongue. And what, I, I took that, that sip two minutes ago, and it's still there. It's nice. Yeah. No, no, that's, that is it, – it, that, that's not a complex bourbon at, at, at all, the Middle West Oloroso wheat whiskey. It's not a complex bourbon at all. Um, it's actually playing some of the notes like it, it, it's not – you called it, you know, dark fruits. I think you're, you're right about that, but it's not playing pronounced. It's playing very simply uh, on the palate. You talk about a little bit of vanilla. Maybe that could just be seen as a little bit of sweetness. It's there on the palate. It's just sitting. It's just resting there. Yeah. Is 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 what it's it's doing. Um I'm trying to think where the sherry cask cuz this is finished in sherry casks um where that where that's playing into the whole thing and it's it's not it's not playing in giant. No. It's not playing in big. I would have actually predicted a much sweeter thing or I would have predicted some more more pronunciation more pronounced I should say in in some of those dark fruits that's not what I'm getting yeah we've had bourbon in the past that has been aged in sherry cask before I haven't been a big fan of it because that felt like it was a, a little bit overwhelming you're not getting that with this it's, right. it's more subtle yeah um, now the question fingers Malloy is is this in your liquor cabinet the uh, wheat, wheat whiskey from Middle West Spirits Finished in the Spanish Oloroso Sherry Barrels. Is this in your liquor cabinet for $99 a bottle? It's nice. <laughs> I mean, you're getting, to, you're getting to $100 a bottle. That At that price point, I don't think it's in my liquor cabinet, but... I definitely think if you find this at your va- favorite lounge, it's it's worth your time. But man, ninety nine dollars. I just feel like we have tried so much more juice over the years that's been half that price that has been just as enjoyable, if not more so. Yeah, I'm. Th- there's a moment where you're priced out, and there's a moment for what it's bringing that that you're priced out. If this, I would love if this had you know, as I always am. Give me a little more pronunciation on the oak give me more of that and i would feel differently here if it had more of that oak feel to it this is this is a nice sweet bourbon and there's nothing wrong with a nice sweet bourbon there's a place for this i'm i'm gonna later move this to the cube i mean we got it got it right here i mean i'm gonna move it to a cube in a bit but at 99 dollars, i have got i have got other things that i think i want to put myself in only at price point. But if you're somebody who's really moved by fruit vanilla, I, I get it. There, there, there's something here for you. And, and to be clear, we're not about bashing, right? That's no. not one of the things we do. We don't sit there and bash people. We don't have a point scale and, and say, well, it, it's only got seven points on this, but it's got 9.2 points on that and everything else. That's just not what we're about. What it has is, is a lovely flavor, a simple flavor, but a flavor that I've had before. And so that doesn't bring me to the $99. No. I just, I just can't put myself there. But I think it's worth your time at your local lounge. Try new things. Always be willing to try something different. And I think it's definitely worth seeking out if it's there. Everything is worth trying because you never know. Anybody tells you, oh, I only drink this. I only drink that. I mean, that, that's fine. You can live your life that way. But I don't, I don't think you should live your life that way. There are things to try, and we're big believers in, in doing uh, that. So the Middle West, try that out for yourself. 
the Middle West Oloroso Wheat Whiskey. And uh, don't forget to find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. That's all there is to it. Sometimes, fingers, you just need something made with the delicious taste of Guinness beer. So true. There's no applause for that? Guinness beer. 100 proof. That's not. Oh. That's not. It's 300 calories a slice, fingers, Malloy. And this one slice is 10 ounces? That is correct. It is a 10-ounce Guinness chocolate stout cake that Fingers Malloy found when he was on a search for, well, something with sugar. <laughs> is that what you were doing? You were just walking around Walmart like, where? Where's the sugar? Where's the sugar? I was looking for Krispy Kreme products, and I came across this Guinness chocolate stout cake, and I had never seen it before. And I don't know if this was some sort of St. Patrick's Day themed dessert that Guinness wanted to put out there for for St. Patrick's Day, or if this is an everyday product that you can find. But I, I purchased that at a central Indiana Walmart. It was $3, Tony. $3. It's a 10-ounce cake. It says non-alcoholic. Sorry. Uh, right there. And also, it's kosher. And it's also said that it was actually made in 1790 or 59. No, no, no. The, the oh. Guinness was established in 1759. Oh, okay. uh, we search out the finest desserts for you, everybody. <laughs> and the truth is, there's nothing that Guinness can do wrong. And it has serving suggestions here. Remove wrapper and place cake on serving plate. Add fresh fruit or ice cream if desired. Serve at room temperature or warm in oven at low temperature. That's the total amount of directions. Low and slow. I've always said that <laughs> when it comes to enjoying your Guinness stout cake. Um, uh, I love Guinness. And so this is one of those things where, like, when you opened up the package, it was like, okay, that looks like somebody just threw some cake in a pan. It, I'm not going to lie. It does very much look like it was baked in an easy bake oven. Yeah. It's like your kid's like, look, Daddy. Look, Mommy. <laughs> I made a cake. And you're like, oh, Let's go out for ice cream. <laughs> Let's immediately not eat that cake, whatever we do. But it's Guinness, and it's chocolate, and it's stout cake. And Fingers Malloy, I will tell you, it's 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 a little spongy. Yes. And it, it, it's glistening. It's moist. I'm sorry, it's what now? It's, it's moist. I didn't quite catch that word. It's, it's moist. Okay, now that we've lost every female <laughs> listener we've got, let's go. All right. He's going to have the Guinness chocolate stout cake. You're using a fork? Well, yeah. It's sticky. Oh. Wait, what was it? It's sticky. Just to make sure we've lost everybody now. There well, it is. It is. It, it, it's. How would you want me to describe it if I can't use the M word? No, no, no. You can. It's it's what you want a chocolate it, cake to look like. It does look right. Juicy? Nope. Not what you want from your cake. Not. Listen, there are rules. He's having his first bite of the Guinness chocolate style cake. Comes in a... In a, in a box, a little cake comes out. You undo the foil wrapper, and then, boom, there you are. You're serving it. Everybody's happy. 300 calories a slice, Fingers Malloy, with 39 carbs and uh, 26 total sugars. I can't believe I'm going to say this. On the nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. When you bring that cake up to your face, on the nose, you smell the Guinness. A little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Uh Oh, you do! You it, do! It's it's crazy, uh, but once you you know you put it in your mouth and you've got it on on the palate, Tony, uh, things I, go downhill. Uh, it's it's good, I, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I didn't notice the Guinness at first, but as it lingers uh, on the palate, that Guinness does come out. It's 
It's good. And, and listen, it's three bucks. I, yeah. It's totally worth it. All right. Um, Here's how you're going to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> texture's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is chocolatey and it's Guinnessy. And the Guinness is there on the palate. I assume you could also make this for about four bucks because the Guinness probably costs a little bit more. It's actually fine. It, it is. It's just, it's just there. It, like, this is part of Finger's weirdo finds, right? We're, we're all living in an economy where cash is king and things are in a crunch. You got to give the family a dessert. Guinness cake. As, Three bucks. As you know, Tony, I am a fitness influencer. That's right. And when I saw this, I, I thought to myself, well, it's, it's a 10-ounce cake. So if you're going to bring this home to the family, it's non-alcoholic, so you don't have to worry about the alcohol. Uh, it, it's not something where everyone can overindulge. It's a small cake. Uh, at $3, it's in my pantry. It is not. At, Would this be in your pantry? Yes. Three bucks. Are you kidding? Three dollars. That's a that's a it's a it's a great deal. Uh, the first ingredient is sugar, and the last ingredient is also sugar, and then there's sugar uh, through throughout. I look. I get why people do these things, and I get why they sell these things. I, if you're Guinness, does this hurt the brand? If you're Guinness, does this cake hurt your brand? It's like, oh, what are they doing? Or are people like, oh, that's fun. And then they do what you just did, and it's basically you and somebody else with spoons eating it right out of the tub that it comes in. Yeah, I inhaled that piece. <laughs> I, I, got, I got the corner piece. I'm very excited about that. Listen, I don't think it hurts their brand until they go full Krusty the Clown and everything, every product out there. Oh, look at the it's the it's the Krusty the Clown pregnancy test. You know, if it's if wait, it's, hold on, hold on. The Krusty the Clown pregnancy test. Yes. If you're pregnant, <laughs> what does it say? It's got two red noses. <laughs> so if Guinness comes out with 75, 80 pro- products where you're like, oh, gosh, here's another Guinness product. I think it hurts the brand. It waters it down. But that, I think that's fine. But again, and I probably should have looked this up before we did this segment. Is this just a St. Patrick's Day thing that was left over on the shelves at Walmart, or is this something that they... This comes from a group called Great Spirits Baking Company. Go on, look it up. Great Spirits Breaking Baking. I'm sorry, Great Spirits Baking Company uh, dot com. Uh, and according to them, it's made with the finest ingredients and infused with the genuine flavor of your favorite brands. So the question, Fingers, is what other brands do they have... Can we get ourselves some Bailey's cake? Can you get some Fireball cake? Uh, they've got on their website. They've got Jack Daniel's whiskey cake. Yum. They have Bailey's Irish cream. Of course they do. Of course they do. That, that's a single serve Irish cream cake. So single this serve, is, you say? This is this is a thing. And then they've got, of course, on the site the Guinness Stout chocolate cake. So I. I now, now I need to know uh, more information on this Jack Daniels whiskey cake. I'm just saying we can make our own chocolate cake. It's not. Have you ever made your own chocolate Who cake? Who has the time, Tony? What? You have to go buy the ingredients, and then you have to find yourself a clean bowl with a big wooden spoon, and you need a rolling pin and a spring form 
pan. What is going and, on in the Malloy household? And then you got to get an oven and you have to preheat the oven. My God, we're talking weeks to put this project together. Or you could go to Walmart for $3 and get yourself a Guinness cake. I want to know what's going on in the Malloy household that a clean bowl is what's difficult <laughs> to find. A big mixing bowl. My goodness. Well, I'm not a Rockefeller, Tony. Big mixing <laughs> bowls to make cakes. <laughs> For three bucks, I'd get it, too. There you go. For it's three bucks, pantry. I'd get it, too. For three bucks, this wouldn't last in the pantry. <laughs> I'd bring this home and everybody would be like, okay, and then be gone. That's it. If you're like us at Eat, Drink, Smoke, you love to travel. You love to go on vacation. But as you're trying to board an airplane, one thing that can bring a pleasant travel experience to a halt is an altercation with TSA. Now, Tony, yes. uh, there have been uh, discussions in the past about how we travel. You get on a plane. You like to get uh, your, your suit on. I do get my uh, suit on. And I, of course, I wear my uh, tank top and Zubaz pants. Very, very, very uh, unacceptable. I <laughs> can keep it classy. Uh, but I've noticed, and I don't know what, it, some of it is that when we travel and uh, we're together, we may be going to uh, a conference or something where we have to bring radio equipment. It always fascinates me. I'll bring radio equipment, you'll bring radio equipment, and I feel like you get flagged a lot more than I do, and you're wearing a suit. It's, it is clearly, well, if I talk about it in the today's parlance it's anti-semitism is it not <laughs> clearly they know they somehow know i'm jewish before i walk oh, in wow. like, aha, and now we get them what was I, that aha. <laughs> it's, it's it's like that old joke uh and uh, is, was it i think it was eddie murphy when he was doing coming to america and he dressed you know and no one ever accuses him of anything because i think it's a funny joke and he's dressed like he's an old Jewish man, and he tells a joke. A uh, man uh, sits in a restaurant, orders soup. Soup comes, calls over the waiter. He says, "Taste the soup." The waiter says, "Something wrong with the soup." And the man says, "Just taste the soup." And the waiter says, "Well, what's wrong with the soup, sir?" And the and and the, and the waiter says, and, and the man says, "Just taste the soup." And the waiter goes, "There's no spoon." And the guy goes, "Aha!" <laughs> and that's. And that's the well, that's where it comes from. Well, it's funny that you bring up soup because I feel like in a lot of ways. Hold on a second. <laughs> Oh, why does that strike me as awesome? It's funny that you bring up soup. Because I feel like when you're dealing with the TSA, and I'm going to use a Seinfeld reference, a lot of times it feels like if you want to get through the TSA line without any hassles, you have to act like you're going and confronting the soup Nazi. And ah. ordering, you, you just walk up and say, lobster bisque, and take two steps to the left, not say anything. Well, apparently... I, you know, we love lists over at Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Yahoo came up with a list. These are the most annoying people at airport security, according to the TSA. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the TSA is calling us annoying? I, I knew you were going to love this list. After this show, I'm never going to be able to fly again. <laughs> Ever. These are things that may get you uh, on TSA's radar. First of all, the rule breaker. If you're bringing prohibited items to the checkpoint, uh, you know, they've got that list right as you walk up. You know, obviously you can't bring a firearm on uh, the plane, flammable or explosive materials, sharp objects, tools, 
Uh, club-like items. Club-like? Uh, you mean like golf clubs? Or do you mean like a big stick? A cl- it, well, uh, according to the sign, billy clubs, baseball bats, uh, or golf clubs. Oh. So apparently those are uh, frowned upon by the TSA. Uh, you can't bring disabling chemicals like mace or pepper spray on the plane as well. So oh, if you I'm are flying again, if you are, you know, breaking rules, of course you're you're going to get flagged. Another thing that annoys the TSA is a flyer with faulty luggage. Say you're going through TSA and they want to go through your suitcase and your zipper's broken. It just feels like you're adding to your misery and you're going to have a bad time. Here's number three on the list, and the reason why I brought this whole thing up to begin with. The overdressed traveler. I'm sorry, what? The overdressed traveler. Fingers, this is going to get real ugly real quick. Go on. (laughs) Tell me more about the overdressed traveler. Well, it's not quite where uh, we were going with you as far as the suit goes. Uh, Shirts and pants with elaborate decorations, such as sequins may make secondary screening more likely. Tell the TSA to stop worrying about my Meemaw who wears her sequins because it makes her feel sassy. You're, listen, you're on a plane I with am, a bunch of retirees going to Vegas. Everyone's wearing sequins. I am going to riot on the, that TSA has the audacity, the audacity to tell us that we're the problem. Part of uh, being overdressed are shoes or boots with lots of laces. They slow people down prior to the X-ray screening, Tony. Maybe we can get over the idea that we tell people they have to take off their shoes. We can stop kidding ourselves here. The technology can pick it up. What are we doing? Don't get me wrong. It happened soon after September 11th. That's how that all came about. Somebody tried to have a bomb in their shoe. We get what happens. Are you telling me for all the technological advances, we just can't figure this one out? That seems peculiar to me. It's 2023, Tony. Uh, Laces? Who has that kind of technology to get around shoelaces? That's why I wear flip-flops. You're the worst. Oh, I, I want security on a plane. You've never heard me say no to a metal detector. I don't even say no to their rules about what can and can't be carried. I think the three ounce thing is kind of strange. They picked a number, right? You picked a number. What could you get away with? That's not based on science. I mean, that's not based on science, right? I don't think so. And I've got a story. I want to, uh, I'll, I'll get sidetracked by just saying now peanut butter is considered liquid. So you can't bring more than 3.4 ounces of peanut butter on a plane. Is that unbelievable? It's peanut butter. Yeah. And, and I'm, I don't like the idea of kidding ourselves. This concept where we kind of move about purposefully dumbing ourselves down. We know it's ridiculous, but this is what you do. Why should we act like that? This is what you do. Why can't we, why shouldn't we demand better? Because of what happened at September 11th, everybody just embraced, I hate this term because we heard it a lot during the pandemic, the new normal. And this has because it's been going on for two decades, it's, it's normal now. It was the new normal. Now it's just normal. Do you feel, I mean, it's normal to people who have never grown up with anything else. And that's what makes it so awful. There's nothing good about this. There's nothing liberty about this. And, and the worst part is not, the concept of perceived safety. 
that is a that is a very scary idea. Perceived safety is what engaged the conversation of we'll make a mask out of anything. And you take an old t-shirt, you make a mask. The problem is we learned very quickly that it didn't do anything regarding COVID. Now, a mask in general, science, it stopped something. But a cloth mask and these these they didn't stop anything and we knew it quickly. But we went about this idea that, well, it made people feel safe and that was enough. I'm, yeah. so, I'm not one of those people. That doesn't seem like enough. No, security theater. I mean, you, you see some, you know, a 90-year-old woman getting pat down in a wheelchair. You think to yourself, really, this is the biggest threat uh, to this plane? What bothers me about so much of this stuff is, okay, you're going to get flagged by someone who has the kind of power to be able to flag you just because, uh, you know, one of the things on the list is you're an impatient person. I thought the purpose of TSA was to make sure that people who were getting on the plane were not a security threat. Not that you get to use your power to inconvenience someone who you don't like based on the fact that they're being impatient. There's a big difference between safety and behavioral compliance. And people can be impatient, especially as my last trip to D.C. TSA was yelling at people, do this, move here, do that. People should not be treated like that. Yeah. And TSA needs to change. And it needs to be changed. It needs to be overhauled and changed aggressively. And the first rule is, is that citizens of the United States have rights and there is a way to be treated. And we have technological opportunities that we should be taking advantage of to make the traveling easier, not more difficult. You know what makes traveling easier? Middle West Spirits Double Cask Collection Oloroso Wheat Whiskey. 100 proof, age five years. It's the price. It's the $99 that makes me say not my liquor cabinet. Um, I think there are other things that I can play with that have that right that flavor. But a ni- it, 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 it's, it's very nice. It's just nice. As for the Padron 50th year Maduro, yes. Every day and twice on Sunday and more, please. And I'm going to go get more Fingers Malloy. That's my plan. That's what I'm doing. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.